Today's episode of Transform Your Workplace is brought to you by Zenium HR. Learn more about Zenium's complete HR plus payroll solutions at zeniumhr.com. Well, have you ever managed a project, saw it all the way through, but couldn't measure the success of the initiative or project? Well, I brought on Dr. Jack J. Phillips. He's the chairman of ROI Institute, and we discuss how to help your team gain traction and make an impact on current future projects. And we do so by talking about how to measure the value of the project, how to measure impact, and how to define measurements along the way so that you can see you're on track, and how the data in the end of the project will help inform future investments in other projects as well. So whether you're in accounting, in HR, in marketing, everybody can relate to this. You've probably worked on a team that's done a project or led a project yourself. And there's a great framework around how to measure the success. And Dr. Phillips has a great framework for how to measure the success. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Make sure to connect with me on LinkedIn and Instagram. And if you are really enjoying the show, make sure to send it to a friend, share it on online, write a review. Those are all ways that we can help grow the show and help people transform their workplaces in a positive way. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. Jack, it's a pleasure to have you on Transform Your Workplace. Thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Good to be here. We're going to talk about your book. It's called Show the Value of What You Do, Measuring and Achieving Success in Any Endeavor. I mean, people struggle with showing the value. I mean, most people aren't trained in this. So when we have a project or initiative, why do people have a difficult time in measuring the success of any project or initiative? Well, it's a couple of things. First, not fully understanding what success level is most important and, and even what they are. And second, sometimes taking the easy way out and not working at it very much, I should say. Success has actually five levels of outcomes. So if you just think about any particular project you're working on, you want to show the value of what you're doing. And you've got often have people connected to that project in some way or some program or something you implemented. The first level is how they react to it. Do they see it as valuable, important? to them. So we've got to create something that will grab their attention. Second level of value is learning, learning what they do, what they must do to make this thing successful. And then third is to actually do it. We call it application, doing what's needed to make the project work. And then fourth is impact. The impact is having in your work, your organization. That's an important measure. That's a measure already in the system somewhere. Then there's the ultimate accountability. Is it worth it? Are we getting enough value out of this project cover the cost of it. So some people are not even thinking through those levels so clearly and not realizing that your most important level is impact. And that's what the funders, the supporters, the people who want us to be there, they want to see that, what impact that we're having. So so that's one thing. The other one, taking easy way out, we know we'll sometimes we work on behavior. Or sometimes even before that we'd say everybody's happy with what they're doing, we're okay with it. But not really. If it never gets to that impact, it might be a waste of time. So 
Easy way is don't follow the chain so well, or chain of value here, but stop early. When you think of people who aren't trained properly in measuring any success through a project or initiative, what's the approach that a typical person would take? And then where do they go wrong in showing the value of what they're doing? Okay, first is not starting with the end in mind. See, if you know those levels that we've talked about, where do you want to end up? And start with that in the beginning. And where we'd recommend is impact. That's the one that people can see and really want. And so you start with that end in mind, clearly defined measure. Where do I want to be when this thing's done? And then when you do that, you also make sure that what I'm doing is the right solution to get there. And second, I can have my whole team, uh, my project team of the people involved in it, help work toward that goal of getting to that impact that we need. So we kind of mobilize and energize the team to get to where we want to be. But where we want to be is that impact. You know, a lot of people look at behavior. You know, I'm trying to get some people to change their behavior. I want them to do coaches and counselors do that. Leadership development practitioners, they look at behavior. But if you just go to behavior and there's no corresponding impact that's coming out of the behavior, it's just someone being busy. So we got to make sure that you get that right end go and work toward it all the way through the process. And I'd say a stumbling block along the way is a fear of the outcome. Some people say, well, what I'm doing might not have an impact. Okay, it may not. But you'd like to know that. This kind of uh, approach will let you know what's happening to get that from occurring. Maybe it's not the right solution to get there. Maybe we need to do something different. But you got to go down that path of trying to understand what we're doing and what we're delivering and what we're achieving along the way. So if we like step back and look at the show the value approach in general, how do you typically, do you take a person through it? Do you take a team through it? Like what's the overarching approach and how might you go about coaching people on how to, to work through this? Well, kind of three ways we teach people to do it and we have a program to teach them. We do it for them. That is, we, we work with you, take your project and show you, or we work on it together. And together is usually a coaching arrangement there to get you where you need to be. Uh, so we can go any way there. We usually teach more people how to do it, and they want this skill set. Some teams want this culture of accountability here throughout the organization. So it's a matter of teaching all of them, how do you measure success and how do you get to that success that you want? So I, we think people can read this book and do a lot of things just from this book alone. And if you need training, learning opportunities there on the website that we'll talk about later. If you just want some advice, we're willing to walk that through with you as well. Just no charge, just to talk through your situation if you'd like. So the key is there's help to get where you need to be. This is a proven methodology. Thousands of people have been through this. We put some stories in this book to bring a lot of this alive. There's 20 stories in this book of individuals We've used this process to show the value of what they do, and it's helped their work, that helped their career, and in some cases, even helped their life going forward. So if you look at holistically why anybody would want to show the value of their work, what are some of the benefits to doing something like this? That's a great question. First is how to continue to get the support that you need. We all need support. Sometimes it's funding for the project. The best way to get someone to pay for a project is to show them what it will deliver, even the Right, first, but also get, get more people committed to what we do, get more respect from 
the, the people who I need to support me might be higher level administrators or executives or something. But it's also you can build better partnerships when you can do this and show the value of what you do. And you make projects better. I'd like to think that the number one reason to go down this path to see how things working so you can make it better if it's not working. And finally, there's a lot of self-satisfaction in knowing that you got something that adds value. It has an impact somewhere in an organization. And it doesn't matter where you are. Most of our work these days are in non-business. So it's not just a business we're talking about, but it's any kind of organization. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting just hearing you talk through it because I'm like, I'm, I'm in the marketing function and there's just like so much data and I, you know, I have a lot of projects that I see from start to finish. And I always think of like, if I can measure the success of any given thing that I'm doing, I might, if it turned out really well, I want to do more of that. And the company would want to fuel investment in what I'm doing because it's actually working versus if I'm not adding value or something didn't work, we might just say, no, it didn't work this time going to set that aside and not do it again. Is that kind of, am I thinking about it the right way? Yes, exactly. See, one of our books that gets into more detail is called ROI in Marketing, and it's just for those kinds of projects. And it, it helps you sort out the effects of one marketing campaign or one ad campaign from another, right down to the ROI. In, are you getting enough out of this to make it worthwhile? That's the ultimate level on top of this thing. It's level five in our process. So we've got those books we've written in detail, like the marketing book is probably close to 300 pages. It's got ROI in the title. You know, that's frightening to a lot of people. One of our books has got Show Me the Money on the cover. So the average person is thinking ROI is a finance and accounting term. I don't want to have anything to do with that. I don't even like my chief financial officer, so I don't, don't want to deal with that. Or they think this is math, this is statistics, I don't like that. And this is accountability that maybe I don't want to go. So... There's a lot of fear. And so this book is a simple, easy to read book, 150 pages, very little math, very little numbers in there, but just the concept of thinking through what you're doing and how to make it better for the good of others as well as yourself. Yeah. We have a lot of HR professionals listening to this podcast and, you know, they're typically launching new initiatives. They might see a project from start to finish. And defining impact is probably hard for this group. So when there's so many, and you even outlined in the book, the soft and hard measures that are available, if you're talking to the HR professional right now, how might you encourage them to define impact with what they're doing? Well, yes, it's, it's, it's basically connecting what we do to the business. The first, there's, there's a set of HR measures that we track. This obviously shows how to tackle those, and probably nothing's more important than retention these days, and the cost of turnover is so high, and attraction of new people, and also their employee experience and the, the engagement is so important, which also connects to retention. But then just productivity, like revenue per employee, is just an important measure of gross productivity. Uh, trying to connect what we do to the, even the HR-related stuff. But also, we can drive all kinds of output, quality, time measure, cost measures, you know, helping with quality of work, productivity of work, helping with, you know, waste, rework, mistakes, the time to do things, process time, cycle times, all those things. If we connect what we do in HR to those measures, we've become a great business partner. So a lot of our work has been with HR teams. 
and I've worked in HR. I've been head of HR in three companies. One of those was a Fortune 500 company. I was head of HR for eight years. And I understand that field so much. What, what we have to do is to show the value of this function. We got to move from classic looking at HR from administrative, legalistic, and compliance to, hey, we're a contributor to the business. We're a business driver. And it's not always perceived that way by the senior executives. And so we we can do that. This is a this is something that can work. And as I mentioned earlier, one of our great books is a book show that it's called Show Proving the Value of HR from the Society for Human Resource Management, published by them. This book is so appropriate for the HR to get the whole team to look at accountability, getting a good handle on what success looks like and what kind of success do we have to connect to and deliver, and how do we get there. And it's not that difficult, and it's an approachable way without getting someone frightened by the term ROI or financial accounting or something like that. With any project or initiative that we're running, I'm sure we want to measure our success along the way so we can show the value of what we're doing. So how do we go about data collection? What sort of things do you recommend we do that would help us show the value later on? So we have classic surveys and questionnaires to capture data. If you think about it along the, the levels, we want to make sure people are reacting. That's usually a survey. They're learning. That might be some self-assessment. It may be some other test or, or simulation or something that we measure what people are learning from what we're doing. But it could be self-reporting on a survey or questionnaire. Then at application, are they doing what they we want them to do? You know, That could be some observation by people. That could be, again, self-assessment surveys, questionnaires, or it could be a little action plan that a person uses to actually drive what they're doing and report that back to show what they're actually doing. Then impact, the impact data is right in the system usually. We can collect that from the system. They can report it to us through an action plan or even on a questionnaire because at impact, it's already there. It's all things like sales and customer complaints and rejects mistakes, error, waste, rework, accidents, incidents, absenteeism, turnover, you know, all of that stuff is there. It's just a matter of getting that data. Then we have to sort out the effects of what we do from other influences. That's our critical credibility issue there when we analyze the data. How much have we contributed with our project? And then we convert that to money, and the money is usually already there like the cost of turnover in an organization these days, it's there. If it's not, it's easy to find online, very credible. In fact, our book, Managing Talent Retention, has got the best table in the world showing you the cost of turnover as a percentage of their annual salary. So it's there. It's just you can get to the money, and then you compare it to the cost of the program and calculate ROI. We do that with the benefit-cost ratio. We do it with the ROI expressed as a percent. So that's when you've got credible data, if you can put that in front of a CFO and they get convinced that what you're doing is not only covering its cost, but you're getting more, you're covering your costs and then some, that's an investment. And too often they think of what we do as a cost and not an investment. If I'm running a project or initiative or my team is, and nobody, including executives or other stakeholders are asking for data of any kind, what should I do with that? Like, should I be... Giving them data and updates regularly? Should I wait until the very end? What do you recommend? See, we get lulled into that issue. They don't ask for it, so I don't work on it. And so and the problem is when they do ask for it, they want it quickly. 
you know, if they say, you know, you, you put this huge engagement or engagement system in place here, it looks great. Could you show me the ROI? Because we invested so much effort in, on that program and time and money. And, you know, if, when someone asks for it like that, you can say, well, wait a minute. I hadn't thought about that. I'm going to take me some time. I got to take time. I got to go learn how to do this. I got to get, it's going to be months before you can get back with some work there. That won't work. So you got to, you wait for the request. You've got a short timeline. Second, you're now defensive. You're defending your program because when the, someone asks you about what's the ROI of that program, you're defensive. And so you want to be on the offense. Third thing is, You've got ROI in someone else's agenda, not on yours. Keep that on yours. So our biggest challenge there, as you just pointed out, is let's be proactive. Don't let them come and ask us. Don't let them even guide us where we need to go. We need to sort out where we need to go. We don't need an executive telling us how to measure success of something. We can do it ourselves. And we, it's much easier to drive this bus on your own and not let someone else be driving it for you. We talk about data collection and then even sharing results and updates with stakeholders and executives. But I think where people get hung up is organizing the data that they're collecting and then also doing the calculation. A lot of people aren't trained in in being able to calculate ROI or even a monetary benefit of a project. How do you advise people approach that? Well, obviously, it's it's a chapter in the book and it's an easy to read chapter. There's two things here. One is the Sort out the effects of your program. That's very critical so that you'll know how much of the measure, the impact that you've got connected to your own project. Second is to get to the money. If it's a measure that matters in the organization, there's a good chance someone's already put a monetary value on it. If not, there's some easy ways we can find it or we can help calculate it. If you can get it to money, then you got monetary benefits. Then it's just a matter of looking at all the costs of your program now, with monetary benefits and cost of the program, you got what you need to calculate ROI. ROI is benefits minus costs divided by costs times 100. That's classic ROI right out of the finance accounting text. And that's going to be a percent. We multiply it times 100, it lets us put a percent on that number. So, you know, we, we see people have from the HR programs, you know, two, 300% ROI. That's just amazing. But it's credible. That means you had a 300% ROI from a program to reduce turnover, for example. That says for every dollar we invest in this program, we get our dollar back plus three more dollars. That's powerful data there. You can get there. You can put it in terms that the executives often see and want to see about what we do. They think it's so soft and so nebulous and so vague that we can't do this. And one reason they haven't asked us is that they think we can't do it. So we can do it. We just need to get a jump start here and work on this. Don't, don't wait for that. When you get to the end of a project and you're showing the value, and let's say we, can, we took all the steps that you recommended, we can show whether it's a cost or an investment, and then in the eyes of an executive, what are the consequences when it's A, a cost, or B, I can show that's an investment and it, there was a monetary benefit to this project or initiative w- that we ran. What what are the outcomes there? Well, we got a lot of examples of that. So if they see it as a cost, they'll trim it, eliminate it, control it. And the two words that we saw during the pandemic was pause it and freeze it. Those are just nice ways of killing something. 
Now, the consequence of that is that we don't have good business partners out there. We don't have as much influence. We don't have as much support. And we're not getting enough budget. And so we, that's what happens when you think it's a cost. If the C is an investment, they'll protect it, they'll enhance it, they'll support it. And you've got some great business partners because your partners now see that what you do contributes to the organization. And you get support, you get commitment, and you get money a lot easier now. So we've, we've got to convince them that we are an investment. The best way to do that is to calculate the ROI of a major project using the same formula that's in the finance and accounting book. And that's what we have in this book. That just makes eyes light up. We, we've had so many of those presentations to executives that just are amazed at what we can do. Hey, we're about changing people's approach, attitudes, mindsets, behaviors, but it's all done for a purpose. That purpose is to get more performance out of the team, out of the organization. And we just link those things together and we take that on through the analysis to show the value that it delivers. When we get to an end of a project, are we, and this is probably, uh, it's probably different for every organization, but generally, who are we communicating the results of the project to and showing the value? Is it just an executive team? Is it stakeholders? Is it the entire organization? What's your perspective on that? It's all of them. First, it's going to be using an executive briefing for the senior team. You know, when I was head of HR, what I would do is our major project, we were calculating all the way to ROI. My partner on my project was actually the CFO, and we'd we take it to the senior executives and we take it to the board. Now, it's unusual to go to the board, but we take a lot of the projects that we've been involved with all the way to the board if it's a major project. More than likely, it's an executive, it's a C-suite executive who would like to see this. But we also have others. We want to give it to the rest of the HR team to make sure that they see the value we've done so that they can learn from that. We also want to go to those middle-level managers who often don't support what we do so well. And this as a way to get them on board more. But they may be all employees need this. It could be an article that we want to write for the company newsletter based on this particular program adding value. You know, just imagine if you had a, a program that was based on absenteeism and you had a, a perfect attendance program and you put that in place and it's working and why not put that evaluation out there so Look what this has done. It's, here's where we were with our unplanned absenteeism, and we're, we're now down to this number. And when you look at the cost of this versus the cost of this program, that was a good investment for all of us to see this thing work so well with an ROI of this much money. So sometimes there are general interest projects that might attract the attention of all employees, particularly if it's in safety and health area or problems that people see. And they're aware of, and they see us doing something about it. There's two paths, obviously. With there's a there's a monetary benefit where the company might see it as an invest investment, so they maintain it, enhance it, protect it. And then on the cost side of things, they'll like you said, they they'll freeze it or they'll reduce it. They'll try to eliminate it. But I think it's a good learning opportunity for the rest of the organization too, if you can publish it in some way. Whether it's like, hey, we tried this, it didn't it didn't work. We made the mistakes here. How do you go about? communicating that to the organization. And, and for the project leader, I'm sure that's a hard thing to communicate that, hey, it didn't work, but there's a lot to be learned for the rest of the organization. So how do you go about doing that? Uh, first, let's think about an existing program. I mean, and the program, maybe it's been in place for some time, and now we calculate the ROI and we see that it's not working so well. But 
we find out why. It's always there in front of us when we do this kind of study. And we make it better. See, it's usually not the content of the program that's the problem. It's not nature of our project. It's usually something that broke down out there in the organization. It wasn't supported so well. Something wasn't done so well. But we see that. We, so it helps us now make it better. So now the headline is, here's a program we thought was adding business value, but it wasn't so well. But now it is with these changes. That's the good news. So it's a good thing that we've tackled it. By the way, usually if something's not working, a lot of people out there already know that it's not working. You know, we may not know it's work, not working, but they do so often. So that's good to put it out there and say, you know, it's not working so well, but now we got we got it corrected. Second thing is we learn from that and we learn what could we have done to keep that from going astray and not working. That's our design thinking approach that's built into this book. You start with the end in mind, you make sure you have the right solution, and you get the whole team to work toward the right solution. That helps us make sure it does work on the, on the job. So we can prevent that disappointing results if we design for it in the beginning, all the way through the process. That makes it go away as a fear of the outcome there. If you look back to why you wrote this book and all the other books that you've written in the past, like why'd you go about giving away all this information? Like, what did you see? Was there a particular situation? Is it just time and time again, you saw this people making the same mistakes? What was the impetus of this? Well, we first got into this because we were asked to do something like this many years ago and we started working on it and got, got, got better at this and got better at this. And then we started helping others and then we started teaching and writing books about this. And so we, we've got lots of books, but our typical book is it's usually 250 to 500 pages, and a lot of them are 500 pages. Now think about a book, 500 pages of book on this, like one that we recently published called The Value for Money. It's published by Wiley, 500 plus pages. So that's frightening to people. And, and our books, like we wrote one for executives called Show Me the Money, that's frightening. So we, we said, look, let's get people into this. It helps them. It helps them have a better project. It helps them with their own success. It helps them with their own career. And let's, let's have a book that's approachable. It's engaging. You know, a lot of great stories you can see. And we name names in there and show the organizations and say, look, what a difference it's made. Try and get them into it. When they get into it, it can make a world of difference in their own work. So we wrote this book just to make it approachable to people who might not sign up for a 500-page book. Quite frankly, I wouldn't want to sign up for a 500-page book either. So we, we do it in our certification, which is a one-week course, and we use that as a reference. It's really a reference book, but there's a lot of them out there that we've written. So this is a better book. It's an approachable book. It's an engaging book, inspiring book, we hope. For sure. Well, Jack, this has been a really good discussion. Your book's called Show the Value of What You Do, Measuring and Achieving Success in Any Endeavor. I encourage people to go check it out. There's a lot of great stuff in there. Any parting thoughts or what do you want to point people to? Well, certainly you can go to that book. It's on Amazon and you can come to our website. That's roiinstitute.net. You can come to me personally, if you like. That's Jack at roiinstitute.net. My co-author and our CEO, Patty, Patty Phillips, that's P-A-T-T-I at 
roinstitute.net. We'd be happy to talk through any issues you have, point you in the right direction. You see a lot of resources and tools on our website too. It might help. My guest today has been Jack J. Phillips. Jack, thanks for coming on the podcast. Appreciate you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are the guest's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of ZenMHR or the host, Brandon Laws. The material and information presented on Transform Your Workplace is for general information and educational purposes only. Zenium HR or the host, Brandon Laws, does not necessarily endorse any guest, their business, or any organization they represent. Discretion is advised. Please work with a trusted advisor to find a custom approach that fits your organization's needs.